After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Israhil Aziz stated, that today I will start relating the accounts from the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Abu Bakr's name was Abdullah and his father's name was Usman bin Amir. His appellation was Abu Bakr and Atiq and Siddiq were his titles. And it is said that Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was born in 573 CE, two and a half years after Amul Fil, i.e. the year of the elephant. And as I have mentioned earlier, that Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu's name was Abdullah, he was from the Quraysh and belonged to the tribe of Banu Tam bin Murrah. In the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e. the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam, his name was Abdul Kaaba, which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, changed to Abdullah. His father's name was Usman bin Amir, and his title was Abu Kuhafa. And his mother's name was Salma bin Tessakhar bin Amir, and her title was Ummul Khair. And according to another tradition, the name of his mother was Layla bint Sahar. And when we go back seven generations in the ancestry of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, we reach Murrah, through whom his ancestry is also connected to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Similarly, going back six generations, the lineage of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's mother, both maternally and paternally, also connects to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Umul Khair, who was the wife of Abu Kahafa, i.e. the father of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, was the daughter of his paternal uncle. That is, the mother of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu was the daughter of his father's paternal cousin. 
Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's parents were still alive at the time of his demise and they received the inheritance of their son, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu. After his demise, his mother passed away first, followed by his father in the 14th year after Hijrah at the age of 97. Both parents of Hazrat Abu Bakr were able to accept Islam. The incident of his father's acceptance of Islam is as follows. His father had not accepted Islam by the time of the conquest of Mecca and by that time he had already lost his eyesight. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, entered the sacred mosque, Masjid al-Haram, on the occasion of the conquest of Mecca, Hazrat Abu Bakr took his father and brought him to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, saw them, he stated, O Abu Bakr, you should have left this elderly gentleman at home and I would have gone to him myself. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it is more befitting that he comes to you rather than you going to him. Following this, Hazrat Abu Bakr seated him in front of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, placed his hand over his chest and stated, Accept Islam and you will enter peace. Hence, Abu Qahafa accepted Islam. Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah relates that Abu Qahafa was brought on the day of the conquest of Mecca and his hair on his head and his beard had already turned white in the likeness of Sagama. With regards to Sagama, it is said that this was a white flower that grew in the mountains. In any case, the hair on his head and his beard were completely white and upon this the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that you should change its colour. In other words, that he should dye it and it would be better to dye it with another colour. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also stated that however you should avoid black. This does not mean that there is something wrong with dyeing the hair black. Rather, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, might have considered that the hair being completely black at this age might not suit his countenance. In any case, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that his hair and beard should be dyed. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's mother was among the early converts to Islam. This has been mentioned in Sirat al-Halabiyya, that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, went to Dari Arkam, in order for him and his companions to worship Allah the Almighty in secret, the number of Muslims at the time was 38. At the time, Hazrat Abu Bakr made a request to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that they go to the sacred mosque. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that, O Abu Bakr, we are very few in number. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr insisted until the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, along with all his companions, went to the sacred mosque. Hazrat Abu Bakr addressed the people whilst the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was also present there and he called them to Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him. In this way, 
Hazrat Abu Bakr was the second orator after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to call the people towards Allah. Following this, the idolaters pounced upon Hazrat Abu Bakr and the other Muslims in order to attack them, and they did so very brutally. Hazrat Abu Bakr was trampled upon and was viciously beaten. Utbah bin Rabia was beating Hazrat Abu Bakr with his shoes that had a double layer of leather. And he used those to hit Hazrat Abu Bakr in the face so much that his face became so swollen to the extent that his nose could not even be recognized. Then the people of Banu Taim came and moved the idolaters away from Hazrat Abu Bakr. They covered Hazrat Abu Bakr in a cloth and picked him up and carried him home. They were almost certain of the demise of Hazrat Abu Bakr due to the extent to which he was beaten. Thereafter, the people of Banu Taim then returned to the sacred mosque, i.e. Kaaba, and stated that by Allah, if Abu Bakr passes away, then we will certainly kill Utbah who inflicted the most injuries. Then they returned to Hazrat Abu Bakr and his father Abu Quhafa and the people of Banu Taim tried to speak to him, but due to falling unconscious, Hazrat Abu Bakr was unable to answer them. This continued till the night when he was finally able to speak and the first thing he asked was that how is the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him? The people did not reply Yet, he continued to ask the same question. Then his mother stated that by God, I have no news regarding your companion. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said to his mother, that go to Umm Jamil bint Khattab, the sister of Hazrat Umar anhu. Umm Jamil had already accepted Islam but was keeping her faith hidden. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that go to her and ask about the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hence, his mother went to Umm Jamil and said that Abu Bakr inquires about Muhammad bin Abdullah. She answered that I do not know Muhammad nor Abu Bakr. Umm Jamil then said to the mother of Hazrat Abu Bakr that do you wish for me to go with you? To which she replied in the affirmative. She therefore accompanied her to Hazrat Abu Bakr and when she saw him lying on the floor covered in wounds, she screamed and said, Whoever has done this to you is indeed wicked and I hope Allah the Almighty punishes them for it. Hazrat Abu Bakr then inquired about the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Upon this, Umar Jamil said that your mother is also listening and he replied that she will not reveal your secret. Thereafter, Umid Jamil stated that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is well. Hazrat Abu Bakr then asked, Where is he now? Umid Jamil replied that in Dare Arkam. Now ponder over how great was Hazrat Abu Bakr love for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. For when he heard this, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, By Allah, I shall not eat nor drink until I have first gone to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him.
Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala his mother narrates that they kept him, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr, for a short while until there was no longer anyone walking around outside and people were resting. Thereafter, they took him outside and he was walking with her support until he reached the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and was overcome with intense emotion. Upon seeing the condition of Hazrat Abu Bakr the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, knelt down to kiss Hazrat Abu Bakr, and the Muslims also leaned over. Hazrat Abu Bakr then submitted, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, may my parents be sacrificed for your sake. I feel no pain other than the wounds the people caused on my face, and my mother here treats her son well. This was what was said in brief. He then stated that perhaps through you Allah the Almighty protects her from the fire. Hazrat Abu Bakr said with regards to his mother that perhaps owing to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's grace, Allah the Almighty protects her from the fire. In other words, she becomes a believer. Following this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed for his mother and invited her to Islam, after which she accepted Islam. In this way, the mother of Hazrat Abu Bakr accepted Islam in the very early days. With regards to the narrations about the birth of Hazrat Abu Bakr there is an authentic book on the life of the companions, according to which Hazrat Abu Bakr was born two years and six months after Amul Fil, that is, the year of the elephant. And it is recorded in Tariq al-Tabari and Tabakat al-Kubra that he was born three years after Amul Fil. And then with regards to the titles of Hazrat Abu Bakr there are two titles which are well known. One is Atiq and the other Siddiq. And with regards to why he was called Atiq, it is mentioned that Hazrat Aisha anha stated that once Hazrat Abu Bakr went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, Anta Atiqullah minan nar. That is, you have been saved by Allah from the fire. Thus, from that day onward, Hazrat Abu Bakr was given the title of Atiq. There are some historians who believe that Atiq was not the title of Hazrat Abu Bakr but was his actual name. They say that it was not his title, rather it was his name. However, this is not correct. Alama Jalaluddin al-Suyuti writes in Tariqul Khulafa with reference to Imam Nabawi that Hazrat Abu Bakr's name was Abdullah and this is more commonly accepted and correct. There are also some who say that his name was Atiq. However, the point upon which most scholars agree upon is that Atiq was his title, not his name. And the reason for being called Atiq as recorded in Sirat ibn Hisham is that it was due to the beauty of his countenance and his overall elegance and grace. The following reasons for being called Atiq have been recorded in the commentary of Sirat ibn Hisham. It states that Atiq means Al-Hasanu, in other words, one who possesses excellent qualities. In other words, he was safeguarded from any blame and shortcomings. It is also said that he was called Atiq because none of his mother's children would remain alive. And thus, she vowed that if she ever had a child, she would name him Abdul Kaaba and will devote the child for the service of the Kaaba. When he remained alive and grew into a young man, 
he was called Ati, in other words, one who was saved from death. There are also various other reasons found for being called Ati. According to some, he was called Ati because there was no blemish in his ancestry whereby someone could raise an allegation against it. Then another meaning of Atiq is ancient or old, and thus Hazrat Abu Bakr was also called Atiq because he had always been one to carry out virtuous and good deeds. Similarly, he was also called Atiq because of being the foremost to accept Islam and in doing good works. Then the reason for his title of Siddiq is also mentioned. An Alama Jalaluddin as Suyuti writes that as far as the title Siddiq is concerned, it is said that this title was given to him during the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e., the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam. And this was owing to the truthfulness demonstrated by him. It is also said that due to him immediately testifying to the news, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would disclose to him, he was referred to as Siddiq. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was taken to Baitul Maqdis and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, i.e. referring to the incident of Isra, i.e. the spiritual night journey, people began to discuss this the next morning after having been informed of the news. And among the people, some of those who had accepted the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and had testified to his claim distanced themselves. There were some who were of weak faith. And at that time, some of the hypocrites came running to Hazrat Abu Bakr and stated that, Have you heard about your companion? He is claiming that he was taken to Baitul Maqdis last night. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr asked whether the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had actually said this, to which the people replied in the affirmative. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that if the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had said this, then this was surely the truth. People asked Hazrat Abu Bakr that was he testifying to the fact that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went to Baitul Maqdis the previous night and returned before the morning. This is because Baitul Maqdis is approximately at a distance of 1300 kilometers from Mecca. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that yes, I attest to that and I will also attest to that which may seem to be even more improbable. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu then stated that I also testify to the heavenly news which is revealed to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him every morning and every night. And for this reason Hazrat Abu Bakr was known by the title of Siddiq. Abu Wahab, the freed slave of Hazrat Abu Huraira relates that the Holy Prophet peace be upon him once stated that the night I was taken to Baitul Maqdis by the incident of Isra, I said to Jibrail, surely my people will not attest to me, meaning that people would not believe him. Upon this, Jibrail stated, that Abu Bakr will attest to you, for he is truthful. This is recorded in Tabakatul Kubra. Hazrat Muslim Aud states, that Hazrat Aisha anha relates that when the incident of Isra, i.e. the spiritual night journey took place, people went running to Hazrat Abu Bakr and asked him whether he was aware of what his friend was saying. And so he asked them what he was saying. And they replied that he was saying that he travelled to Baitul Maqdis at night and then returned. Hazrat Muslim Aud anha writes 
Had the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned the incident of the Miraj, i.e. the spiritual ascension, having occurred at the same time and as being part of the same incident, then the disbelievers would have raised more of an issue with that aspect. However, they only said that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, claimed that he travelled to Bayt al-Maqdis in the night. When Hazrat Abu Bakr attested to what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, the people said that, do you accept that which is going against logic? Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that I also accept the fact that divine words are revealed to him by day and by night. The Promised Messiah states that Allah the Almighty knows best the qualities which were found in Hazrat Abu Bakr that led the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to call him Siddiq. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also said that the reason for Hazrat Abu Bakr Taala's excellence is owing to that which is found in his heart. And upon pondering closely, it becomes clear that it is difficult to find a similar example to the degree of truthfulness exhibited by Hazrat Abu Bakr The reality is that in any era, when one tries to achieve the lofty standards of Siddiq, it is necessary that they strive as much as possible to establish the nature and qualities of Abu Bakr within themselves and to them pray as much as possible. Until one does not allow the qualities of Abu Bakr to overtake them and does not become imbibed with the same qualities, he cannot attain the lofty standards of being Siddiq. It is also recorded that aside from Atiq and Siddiq, Hazrat Abu Bakr had other titles as well, such as Khalifatul Rasulullah, i.e. the Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah. Hazrat Abu Bakr was also known as Khalifatul Rasulullah as it is recorded in a narration that a person once said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Ya Khalifatullah that O Khalifa of Allah and upon this Hazrat Abu Bakr said that do not say Khalifa of Allah rather say Khalifa to the Messenger of Allah meaning he was the successor to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and he was content with this. In the commentary of Sahih Bukhari Alama Badruddin Aini states that historians are unanimous in the fact that Hazrat Abu Bakr was known as Khalifatul Rasulullah and of course this title was given to him after the demise of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him when he became a Khalifa. Therefore, it cannot be said that this title is from the time of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. Rather, this title was given to him by the people after the time of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him or Hazrat Abu Bakr chose this title for himself. Another title was Awahun, which means extremely forbearing and tender-hearted. And it is recorded in the Tabqatul Qubra that Hazrat Abu Bakr was called Awahun due to his tenderness and kindness. He was called Awahun Munib, which means tender-hearted and oft returning to God. It is mentioned in the Tabqatul Qubra that the narrator heard Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu state while standing at the pulpit that listen closely Hazrat Abu Bakr was very tender-hearted and oft returning to God. He then stated that listen closely, Allah the Almighty granted Hazrat Umar goodwill, as a result of which he was a well-wisher. Amir al-Shakirin was another title of Hazrat Abu Bakr meaning the leader of the grateful. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was known as Amir al-Shakirin because of how grateful he was. And it is recorded in Umdatul Qari that Hazrat Abu Bakr would be called by the title Amirul Shakirin. 
Then another title was Sani Asnan, i.e. one of the two. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was given the title of Sani Asnan by Allah the Almighty. And Allah the Almighty states, that is, if you help him not, then know that Allah helped him even when the disbelievers drove him forth while he was one of the two, when they were both in the cave, when he said to his companion, Grieve not, for Allah is with us. Then Allah sent down his peace on him. The promised Messiah states that during a period of great hardship and difficulty, Allah the Almighty comforted his Prophet peace be upon him through him. He was honoured by being granted the title of a Siddiq and he enjoyed the nearness of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Moreover, Allah the Almighty bestowed upon him the title of being Sani Asnain, i.e. one of the two, and counted him amongst his most chosen servants. Can you point towards any other man who has been referred to as Sani Asnain, i.e. one of the two? and who has been named a close companion of the Prophet of both realms, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and who has been made a recipient of the blessings enshrined in the words, Inna Allah ma'ana, that Allah is with us, and who has been declared as one of the two individuals who were granted divine support. Do you know of anyone else who has been praised in the Qur'an in such a manner, or whose character has been secured against all doubts and suspicions, or regarding whom it has been stated not as mere conjecture, but rather in a clear and emphatic manner that he was among those accepted by God. By God, I cannot find anyone other than Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq who has received such special and clear mention in the scripture of the Lord of the ancient house, Aydi Kaaba. Therefore, if you are in doubt concerning that which I have said, or if you think that I have deviated from the truth, then quote even a single instance of another individual being mentioned in such terms in the Qur'an, if you are indeed truthful. The Promised Messiah wrote this in Surah Al-Khilafah. Another title of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu is Sahib Rusul, which means the companion of the Messenger. Hazrat Abu Bakr states that he once addressed a gathering and asked who among you shall recite Surah Tawbah. One of them stated, that I will read it. When he reached the verse, إِذْ يَقُولُوا لِسَاهِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَن that is, when he said to his companion, the grieve not. When he reached this part of the verse, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu began to cry and stated that by God, I was that very companion of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Another title of Hazrat Abu Bakr was Adam Isani, i.e. the second coming of Adam. This title of Hazrat Abu Bakr was granted to him by the Promised Messiah In one of his letters, the Promised Messiah states that for Islam, Abu Bakr was the second coming of Adam. Similarly, if Hazrat Umar Farooq and Hazrat Usman did not show sincerity in the trust bestowed upon them, then it would be impossible for us to consider even one verse of the Qur'an to be from Allah the Almighty. 
In Sirul Khilafah, the Promised Messiah والسلام, states, and the translation of which is, that by God, Hazrat Abu Bakr was the second coming of Adam for Islam and the foremost manifestation of the spiritual grace of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Another title of Hazrat Abu Bakr was Khalilul Rusul, i.e. the friend of the Messenger. In the books of biography, Khalilul Rusul has been mentioned as one of the titles of Hazrat Abu Bakr and this is based upon a narration found in the books of a hadith in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned that if he were to make someone a close friend, i.e. Khalil, it would be Abu Bakr. It is narrated by Ibn Abbas in Sahih Bukhari that during his final illness, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that if I were to take someone as a close friend, i.e. Khalil, from among the people, then it would be Hazrat Abu Bakr. However, the friendship and brotherhood in Islam is most superior. Close all the doors in this mosque except for the door of Abu Bakr. Our research cell has raised a question here with regards to this title and it is a valid point. They state that this hadith only mentions that if the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was to take someone as a close friend, it would have been Hazrat Abu Bakr, but he did not actually make him one. And this has been explained by the Promised Messiah in one place. The Promised Messiah states that the explanation of the statement of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, whereby he mentioned that if he were to take someone as a close friend in this world, then it would have been Hazrat Abu Bakr. And expounding upon this, the Promised Messiah states that this statement needs explanation. Because the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, considered Hazrat Abu Bakr as a friend of his. Then what does this hadith mean? The fact of the matter is that a close friendship, a khullat, is a bond that becomes deeply ingrained within a person. However, it is only befitting to establish a relationship of such a nature with Allah the Almighty alone. With everyone else, one simply forms a bond of brotherhood and kinship. The very meaning of the word khullat is for something to take root This is the highest form of his definition, just like the love for Yusuf had become deeply rooted in Zulekha. And so this is the very meaning of the pure words of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in that no one can be held as an equal in one's love for Allah the Almighty. If the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was to take someone as a very close friend in this world, then it would have been Abu Bakr. Thus, Allah the Almighty holds a distinct station, and no one else can occupy that rank. But in terms of the general friendships that are formed in this world, Abu Bakr was indeed a friend of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. But even then, this friendship with him was not like that of his bond of close friendship that he shared with Allah the Almighty. It is impossible for a Prophet, and particularly for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to take someone as a close friend just like their bond of friendship they shared with Allah the Almighty. This was not possible at all. However, if it were possible to form a friendship in worldly terms, then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that Hazrat Abu Bakr had the greatest right for this. What names was Hazrat Abu Bakr commonly known by? It is said that one of his names was Abu Bakr and there are various reasons as to why he was referred to by this name. According to some, Bakr is referred to a young camel and since he took a keen interest and possessed a great skill in looking after and tending to the camels, therefore people referred to him as Abu Bakr. Another meaning of Bakr is to act swiftly and be the first to do something. And according to some, he was referred to by this name because he was the first to accept Islam. 
إِنَّهُ بَكَرَ إِلَى الْإِسْلَامِ قَبْلَ غَيْرِهِ That is, he was the first one to embrace Islam. Alama Zarmakhshari writes that owing to his quality of ibtikar, in that he was the first one to do things, he was thus known as Abu Bakr. Then with regards to Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's appearance, Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha narrates that once she was sat in her camel litter and saw an Arab man walking. Upon this, Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha stated that I have never seen anyone resemble Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu more than this person. The narrator states that they asked Hazrat Aisha to describe the features and appearance of Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Aisha stated that Hazrat Abu Bakr had a fair complexion and was of a thin build. He had very slender cheeks and his back was slightly curved forward as a result of which his outer garment would slip down from his back. He had a slender face and deep set eyes and he had a prominent forehead. In Sahih Bukhari there is a narration from Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar in which the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him said that whosoever lets his clothes drag on the floor behind him out of arrogance, then Allah the Almighty will not even glance at him on the day of judgment. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu submitted, and my cloak from one side becomes loose. In other words, from one side it is loose and falls down, unless I pay special attention to it. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that you do not do it out of arrogance. Therefore it is permissible for you and there is no harm in it. Hazrat Abu Bakr would use henna and katam as a dye. Katam is a plant that grows on mountains and it is applied after mixing with indigo leaves which causes the hair to go black. Then with regards to Hazrat Abu Bakr occupation before the advent of Islam and his status among the Quraysh, there is a narration in Tariq al-Tabari which states that Hazrat Abu Bakr was loved and respected among his people. He possessed a soft nature. He had the most knowledge with respect to the lineage of the Quraysh and knew all the positive and negative aspects of it. He was a trader by profession and possessed good morals and virtues and the Quraysh would approach Hazrat Abu Bakr for a number of reasons and loved him dearly. In other words, due to his knowledge and experience and also his beneficial gatherings. Muhammad Hussein Haikal writes that all of the Quraysh were merchants and every person of the Quraysh was involved in trade. Thus, when Abu Bakr grew up, he began trading in clothes in which he achieved great success. Soon enough, he became known as one of the most successful merchants in Mecca. One big reason for his success in trading was his charismatic personality and exceptional morals. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, made his claim to prophethood, Hazrat Abu Bakr was total wealth amounted to 40,000 dirhams. And through his wealth, Hazrat Abu Bakr would free slaves and help the Muslims to the extent that when Hazrat Abu Bakr migrated to Medina, he only had 5,000 dirhams remaining. There are various incidents prior to the advent of Islam Owing to his wealth and excellent morals, Hazrat Abu Bakr had a high standing among the Quraysh. He was counted amongst the leaders of the Quraysh and everyone would seek his advice 
and he was counted amongst the most pious and virtuous people. He was a generous and noble leader and would always generously spend his wealth. He was very popular and dear to his people and he would always sit in respectable gatherings. He possessed the most knowledge about the interpretation of dreams. In other words, he was very knowledgeable in this regard. A renowned scholar of the interpretation of dreams, Ibn Sirin states that after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, from among the Muslims, Abu Bakr was the greatest scholar on the interpretation of dreams and he possessed the most knowledge about the lineage and family tree of the Quraysh. Jubair bin Mutim, who was an expert in genealogy, states that I learned genealogy from Hazrat Abu Bakr especially regarding the genealogy of the Quraysh because Abu Bakr possessed the most knowledge about the lineage of the Quraysh and he knew most about the positive and negative traits related to it. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr would not mention the negative aspects. For this reason, Hazrat Abu Bakr was more popular than Hazrat Aqil bin Abi Talib. After Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Aqil had the most knowledge about the genealogy and ancestors of the Quraysh, as well as their positive and negative traits. But Hazrat Aqil was disliked by the Quraysh because he would recount those negative aspects to the Quraysh. Hazrat Aqil would sit in Masjid Nabwi with Hazrat Abu Bakr to learn genealogy and about the historical incidents and events of the Quraysh. In the eyes of the people of Mecca, Hazrat Abu Bakr was among their most excellent people and so whenever the Meccans faced difficulty, they would come and seek help from him. Each tribe settled in Mecca had an assigned responsibility with regards to the Kaaba and each task was delegated. The Banu, Abdim and Af were assigned the duty of providing water and all necessary provisions for the pilgrims and the Banu Abduddar were responsible for the banners used in battle, safety of the Kaaba and maintaining of the Addar al-Nadwa. And leading the army in battle was assigned to the Banu Makhzum which was the tribe of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and collecting blood money and matters related to that was assigned to the Banu Taim bin Murra which was the tribe of Hazrat Abu Bakr When Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq became an adult, this responsibility was assigned to him and when Hazrat Abu Bakr would decide the amount for blood money, the Quraysh would accept it and respect his decision. But if someone other than him would set the amount, the Quraysh would shun him and refuse to accept it. Hazrat Abu Bakr was also part of the Hilful Fazul. This was a special pact that was formed to help the poor and the oppressed. In ancient times, some noble-hearted individuals thought that an alliance should be formed in which they vow to ensure that each person is given their due rights and to assist them in attaining what is rightfully theirs, and also that they would stop the cruelty of the oppressors. In Arabic, because one's right is also known as Fazl, and its plural is Fazul, that is why this pact became known as Hilful Fazul. And according to other narrations, it is also said that since many members of this alliance had the word Fazl in their names, hence this agreement was named as Hilful Fazul. In any case, after the Battle of Fujar, Zubair bin Abdul Muttalib, a paternal uncle of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was most probably inspired by this war and proposed to revive this alliance once again. And so, upon this idea of his, the representatives from the different tribes of the Quraysh gathered at the home of Abdullah bin Judan. 
where arrangements for a feast had been made from him. And all the various representatives unanimously took a mutual oath that they would forever restrain injustice and assist the oppressed. The ones who took part in this agreement include the Banu Hashim, Banu Mutalib, Banu Asad, Banu Zuhra and the Banu Taym. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was also present at this occasion and joined in this agreement. Hence, on one occasion, during the time of his prophethood, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that in the house of Abdullah bin Judan, I once partook in such an oath that even if I was called to it today in the age of Islam, I would respond to it. Then, with regards to Hazrat Abu Bakr participating in the Hilful Fazul, an author states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was present in this alliance as well as Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Then, with reference to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu's relationship and friendship with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prior to his prophethood, it is narrated by Ibn Ishaq and others that they were friends even prior to prophethood. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was fully aware of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's honesty, trustworthiness, virtuous nature and excellent morals. In one narration it states that Hazrat Abu Bakr was friends with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, even in the Jahiliyyah, i.e. the era of ignorance prior to the advent of Islam. In Sir al-Sahaba it is written that from childhood Hazrat Abu Bakr had a special bond of love and reverence with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He was part of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's close associates and often had the fortune of travelling with him on many trade expeditions. Then with regards to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, circle of friends prior to his prophethood, Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmed Sahib anhu writes, that prior to his prophethood, the circle of friendly relations of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, seems to be quite limited. This is because the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was one to prefer seclusion from the beginning and never intermingle with the common society of Makkah during any part of his life. However, there were a few individuals with whom the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, possessed a relationship of friendship, and the most distinct among them was Hazrat Abu Bakr, also known as Abdullah bin Abi Quhafa, who belonged to a noble family of the Quraysh. On account of his nobility and aptitude, his people looked upon him with great reverence, and next to him was Hakim bin Hizam, who was the nephew of Hazrat Khadijah. He was a man of exceptionally good nature, and in the beginning he did not accept Islam, yet he held feelings of sincerity and love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And ultimately, his natural propensity drew him to Islam. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also had relations with Zaid bin Amr. He was a near relative of Hazrat Umar anhu, and was among those who had abandoned polytheism even in the time of the Jahiliyyah. He attributed himself to the Abrahamic religion, but passed away prior to the advent of Islam. Nonetheless, Hazrat Abu Bakr was the closest associate of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And even during the age of ignorance, i.e. Jahiliyyah, Hazrat Abu Bakr was averse to idolatry and abstained from it. Hazrat Abu Bakr never practiced idolatry, nor did he prostrate before any idol, even during the age of ignorance. It is recorded in Sirat al-Halabiyyah that most certainly Hazrat Abu Bakr never prostrated to any idol. And Alama ibn Jawzi has included Hazrat Abu Bakr amongst those individuals who refused to worship idols even during the age of ignorance. 
That is to say, he never went near any idol. He was also averse to drinking alcohol during the age of ignorance. Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha relates that Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu had deemed alcohol forbidden for himself in the age of ignorance. He did not consume alcohol in the pre-Islamic era, nor in the era of Islam. It is reported that once in a gathering of companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr was asked whether he ever consumed alcohol in the age of ignorance. In response, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, A'udhu Billah, that I seek refuge with Allah. He was asked about the reason for this. He stated that I value my honour and purity because the one who consumes alcohol destroys his honour and purity. The narrator reports that when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him came to hear about this, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stated, Sadaqa Abu Bakr, Sadaqa Abu Bakr. That is, Abu Bakr has spoken the truth. Abu Bakr has spoken the truth. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him repeated this twice. There are many narrations recorded that mention how Hazrat Abu Bakr accepted Islam. Some of these are very detailed, whilst others are brief. However, I will mention some of them. Hazrat Aisha relates that ever since I can remember, my mother and father were followers of Islam. There was never a day when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did not visit us in the morning and evening. There are also various narrations about Hazrat Abu Bakr and his acceptance of Islam. In Shara Zarqani, the incident of Hazrat Abu Bakr acceptance of Islam is mentioned as follows. One day, Hazrat Abu Bakr was in the home of Hakim bin Hizam, and one of his housemates came and said that your aunt Khatija is saying that her husband claims to be a prophet, just like Moses was sent as a prophet. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr quietly departed and he went to meet the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and accepted Islam. In the commentary of Sirat ibn Hisham, known as Ar-Rusul Unuf, the incident surrounding Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's acceptance of Islam, as well as one of his dreams, is mentioned as follows. Before the advent of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr saw a dream, and he saw that the moon had descended in Makkah and then broke into small pieces, spreading to all the places and dwellings of Makkah and a piece of that moon entered each and every household, and it seemed as though all the pieces were gathered into his lap. Hazrat Abu Bakr mentioned this dream to some scholars among the people of the book, and they interpreted it to mean that the time of the awaited Prophet was nigh, and that he, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr, would accept him, and owing to this he would become the most fortunate among all the people. Following this, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, invited Hazrat Abu Bakr to accept Islam, he immediately accepted him without any hesitation. In Sabil al-Huda, there is also mention of the incident of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's acceptance of Islam. Hazrat Qab relates that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu accepted Islam as a result of the revelation he received from the heavens. The details of this are as follows. Hazrat Abu Bakr was away on a business trip to Syria, and while he was there he saw a dream and told Bahira the monk about it. Upon hearing about the vision, Bahira asked, Then where are you from? Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that he was from Makkah. Bahira asked which tribe in Makkah he belonged to, and Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that he belonged to the Quraysh. He then asked what he did to make a living, and Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that he was a merchant. Upon this, Bahira said that if Allah the Almighty fulfills your dream, then there will be a prophet raised from among your people, and you will be subservient to him during his life, 
and will become his caliph after his demise. Hazrat Abu Bakr kept this matter hidden until the advent of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And Hazrat Abu Bakr said, O Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, what is the proof of your claim? In all other narrations about this incident, there is no mention that he ever asked for proof, but nonetheless it is mentioned in this narration. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that the dream you saw whilst in Syria is my proof. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr embraced the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and kissed him between the eyes, and stated that I bear witness that you are the Messenger of Allah. In this narration, there was a mention of a dream of Hazrat Abu Bakr but there were no details recorded about what he saw in that dream. However, according to the account in Sirat al-Alabiyah, it seems to be the same dream in which Hazrat Abu Bakr saw the moon falling and breaking into pieces, which has already been mentioned. And Hazrat Abu Bakr told Bahira the monk about this dream. In any case, Biographers have mentioned various narrations and inshallah they will be mentioned in the future. Alhamdulillah <laughs> ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد الله لا اله ونشهد أن محمدا نبدو رسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر